by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code with your host, Charles <laughs> Rose. Did I say that? Harry Mullins. thing about the, the, the real person, and we go, what? We'll get rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crushworthy. Like so many special guests. And all your questions, live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, well, here we are back on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. This is really exciting because we have Douglas Emerson joining us. Hey, how's, how's it going? Good to see you're alive, first of all, just in case. People- Absolutely. You know, they were confused about that, you know. Um, how are you doing, man? I'm doing very well. Very well. No complaints. No complaints at all. Very blessed. Super well. That's good. Uh, and, of course, Aaron is back with us from today in the East Coast in New York. How are things on the East Coast, Aaron? Going well. Excited to be here. Very cool. Karen, it's been a while. We've missed you. Every time uh-huh. we hear people are, when is Karen coming back? When is Karen coming back? She's oh, back. <laughs> Chuck and I watched um, the next 50 years this week, and the uh-huh. writing is just absolutely incredible in that. And um, yeah. I just. Talking about that, for sure. For sure. But how are you? How's everything going? Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. I've been spending a lot of time with our little grandbaby. We have an adorable grandbaby named Helen B. And she is just started walking and she's just the joy of ever and just getting ready for two more two more coming you know so very cool we're in the, we feel very blessed and we got to go in the ocean actually also too we got finally warm enough here finally warm enough and clean enough we have clean a, enough, yeah. one of our lovely spills that we uh we had sewage spill with, yeah. with our wonderful infrastructure so uh, it took, took us out a little bit, but now it's clean and we were back in. So it's good. Yeah. Uh, Melinda says that she uh, she loves the blue, Karen. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love blue. Blue is my favorite color. Oh, can I say one thing, Peter? Sure. Yeah. Because I just really <clears throat> was reminded or just learned that there are people who maybe have never commented, but who have watched either online, live, or in replay every episode of this show of this podcast and and i just want to say thanks to you folks and i know one person in particular that i'm saying to and um her name's lauren but meanwhile you know that's really nice that you guys have been tuning in i can't i can't say it enough and then they they come by every week and they stick with us since the pandemic and uh they they, we're sticking with her i mean i don't know if you know karen but we're planning a peach pit after dark pop-up i just was learning about this this is going to be something that's happening in (laughs) august august Um, what well, we don't know the <laughs> but uh, it's it's exciting. We, we're in we're in heavy negotiations. Charles and I were just talking about it before we came on here. Charles, what can we say about the Peach Pit After Dark pop up? Well, one of the things is is that we fortunate and fortunately, and I don't know how it is in New York or Virginia where Douglas is, but you know the idea of trying to recreate that nightclub kind of feeling with a little 90210 90s culture all around it. 
loses a lot of fun if it's inside and you can't and you have to wear masks now. Yeah, because of the the, the the reality of the public health crisis that we seem to be back into a little bit. So we're looking for an outside venue, and we have an idea, but we're not going to announce it yet. But right, we got to get a book. Let us in, but to have a lot of comedy and some music. Douglas is going to announce right now. He's going to fly in for it. He doesn't even care <laughs> what day it is. You're just going to come. You're going to sing. You know, whichever. Do you know how to? Are you a singer? Do you know how to sing? Or any everyone can sing. Well, right? there you go. Everyone can sing. It's, okay, Douglas, it's so just does anyone want to listen to it? Is the yeah, whole well, right? You know, okay, we'll get him through the door or on the on the grass, and that'll be enough. What shows do you need to get a fan uh, to pop on this week who was a big uh, Doug Emerson fan and maybe somebody that's never been on the show before? So, hey, we bring up Marie here. Marie, how are you? You're a big oh. Doug Emerson fan and a big 90210 fan, right? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Hi, Douglas. I'm in hi. LA. So I'm a 90s kid. Huge fan of the show in general and of you, Douglas, and Scott Scanlon. So it's such an honor and so exciting to be here. It's nice to meet you. Well, that's really awesome. Um, hey, I, do you have any questions, anything you want to ask Douglas? I do. You know, and, and some of my thoughts here when I was thinking, like, what can I share about my all-time favorite show? One of the things that I really appreciated about the character was that he, Scott stayed true to himself. Um, as much as I love David and how he evolved, uh, you know, David kind of started out as like a social climber. He wanted to be in with Steve and Kelly. And what I appreciated about your character, Douglas, was that you really uh, stayed true to who, you're, who you were. Um, even when like his best friend outgrew him, he still wanted in on that friendship. So um, that was something that always resonated with me about your character. Um, but my question to you would be, um, how would you have liked your story to end? Or maybe how would you have liked your character, I guess, to evolve did you want to stay best friends with David? Did you think maybe the group was a group that you can hang with through high school and college? This is a great question. This is a great question. That's a really difficult question. <laughs> right out of the gate. Um, let's see. Gosh, that's it's complex actually in several ways. I mean, I mean, first and foremost, and we have a couple of them here. Uh, the writing really is why I was true to my character. Obviously, you know, as well. I know you know, but. Um, but he was, I, I mean, I was part of a pretty decent group of guys in high school, um, a little bit through filming the show early on and a whole lot ever since then. And we've all kind of gone through changes. I mean, I joined the military. Another friend of mine joined the military. Like we all come from very different backgrounds and we all kind of like, but we're all down home, the same people. And we all respect that in each other. And we all have like that, uh, that good rapport always that you can only really grow in uh, in friends that you've gone through good times, bad times, like that type of stuff, you know? So, um, so I definitely would love to love to have pictured myself having gone through and in been okay being on the sidelines. I, as a person, me, Douglas Emerson, I don't mind being a supporting character and not being in the limelight. So that social ladder type of like, that's never been my thing just personally either. So I, I kind of felt that in the character and, I'm thank you very much that that resonated with you, you know? So, I mean, ultimately I would have liked to have not a had go the way that it did, but, you know, but it did. And, um, and, and it was a blessing in disguise just with my life afterwards, you know, outside of being a character. So 
Well, we definitely want to ask you about some of that too. Uh, Marie, is there anything else? Are you, you said you're in LA. Are you going to come to the After Dark pop-up when we do this? And are you, are you in? Yeah. I sure will. I will be the first person there. I will. I will one. Well, George Douglas on stage singing. Oh, you're kind. <laughs> only it. I, hope you, I hope you can sing. <laughs> I can't, but like you said, everyone can, right? It's just who wants yes, to. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right, Marie. Pete, Pete, you'll get a special invitation because Pete knows how to get in touch with you. So that's right. Awesome. We'll get together, we'll do it. Thanks for, sure. for being okay. here. We appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. Great question, too. Um, well, Chuck, before we came on, I said, I don't know if we're going to get one person to go to this thing. We do have one. We, we, we have one now. We're good. <laughs> you know, there's one thing that is just so interesting, though, to me, Doug, and I just want to follow up as you're talking about you know, the idea that two of your buddies in high school, you know, became like military, right? Your military yeah, life. And absolutely. So when we were doing this entire plot relative to guns, I didn't know. Did you have a propensity? Did you somehow know as a little boy? I mean, when you were seven and eight, nine years old and, and whatever, that, that you saw yourself in a military life? Were you in an army life? Was your grandparents in the army? You know, how? because because here I we are, we put you into a... Um, arguably, if, if if we have plots in 90210 that and storylines in 90210 that are quote unquote important, you were in one of the most important, if if not the most important one, and and a stellar part. And so I wonder was was guns a factor in your life as a, as a younger man too, or did that start post 90210 acting thing or? Just curious, you know. Well, um, well, to your the earlier part of your question, um, I, I mean, I grew up in a I wouldn't say a military family, but I mean, my dad, who was English, was in the Royal Air Force. I had a brother in the Air Force. My older brother, my godfather, was in the Air Force. Um, his okay. little brother, my other older brother, <laughs> was in the Navy. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I've always had a lot of reverence, you know, and a lot of respect towards service and the country I love. That you know that. I love the freedoms that we have and I'm blessed and proud to, to have served. You know, I certainly love my time in, you know, as far as that stuff goes. So I, I enjoyed all of that. I kind of, um, like I said earlier, a blessing in disguise because it did free up my mind at least to, I mean, I, I went on to college, met my wife, you know, I, I did a lot of things that classically you don't really see actors largely having the time you know, to do just given projects, you know, we're looking for work. So, I mean, it, it did free up that type of, uh, that type of time for me to go and look into other career opportunities. Well, it's, it's interesting because obviously you had to be a child actor, right? You wouldn't have been in the realm to be even in casting this if you hadn't already been on, on some kind of conveyor belt that started, you know, whether it was yeah. commercials first. I started or, when I was four years old. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, and, you know, you hear so many stories and, and it's all around us, even with this, that, you know, the, the, the difficulty it is to be a child actor and then make the move into the adulthood. You, for sure, whatever, right after this, realize, well, wait a second. And you, you, you know, and none of those, stigmas of, of of and and apprehension of being the, the you know the 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 damage of being i'm a child actor and therefore you know that that stuff you're, you're you're so different than a peer group who starts out to be want to be child actors or child actors do you think do you agree with that karen you're you know someone who was in child and, yeah. yeah i mean actually i i'm kind of glad to hear that you got a life after 
You don't hear that story all the time. You do hear no. many of the other stories, and you don't hear someone who comes out of it the other end who's done really, really amazing things in their lives. And I do want to get to some of that. Uh, Lisa asked a question. Uh, I wanted to pop up here. Um, were there any shows in the 80s and 90s that you auditioned for that you really wanted but didn't get? And are you thankful for the experience you had as a child actor? Wow. Um, oh, well, I, I can I can answer the last part in spades, like all evening long. I I, I <laughs> loved I loved the work. I, I really did. Um, you know, I, I like I said, I'm fortunate and blessed enough to have worked a tremendous amount. Like zero cliches with that. Um, it was I got to work with tremendous people, lots of great producers, tons of great writers. I got to travel because of it. Um, so, I mean, I, I mean, I think I did 61, 63 commercials, you know, and, and several TV shows and a few movies, um, some good, some bad as everyone gets. Right. But, um, but let's see, uh, of the eighties and nineties, you know, I, I remember interviewing and interviewing and interviewing for, if you all remember, um, goodness. And it was an Amblin production, early Steven Spielberg TV show and, the name of it's evading me, but it was a series, obviously, you know, every uh, Sunday evening or so, you know, that uh, amazing stories. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. And um, tremendous. Chuck wrote you know, one of those. Chuck wrote one of those early. Did you really? No kidding. I did. I did. But, I got my, my, my friends, my friends gave me the story. The guys who did Northern Exposure, they gave me the story. I wrote the story faithfully. They liked so much what I did. They didn't even change anything. And they turned it into Steven Spielberg. And what happened was they got replaced. They got fired over my <laughs> No kidding. Never got made, but I did get paid. Oh, and, goodness. And, and, and went on, by the way, to be writers who won the Lifetime Achievement Award. So Interesting. So, Scott yeah, so you, is, I, yeah. so you know far better than I even have small experiences, you know, in interviewing for something over and over and over. I mean, like it seemed like every other week or every three weeks I was interviewing for one, didn't get it. Interviewed for another one, didn't get it. Interviewed for Children of the Corn, didn't get it. I did film in the blob and Joanna Ray actually cast somebody, me in that as well. Somebody said that. So, yeah. I mean, so some things worked out, you know, yeah. as they they always do. I actually have a little book. It's somewhere, actually, it, it might be downstairs as well. But I have a book that my mom kept of every single interview that I did uh, categorized and then if I got a call back, if I actually got it, if I went to network for pilots, uh, that type of stuff. So it's kind of my, uh, it's a good book of failures and, and, a, and, a, and a great book of blessed opportunities that are all the circled and highlighted ones that I have stars next to and you know, That's really cool. ha happy memories. So, Well, let me ask you about coming into 90210. Um, how did you hear about it? I'm sure you know it's your parents or your mom or whatever, but do you remember all of that walking into this auditioning and, not knowing what it was going to be and, you know, in, in the first step. So I, so I for sure remember interviewing um, at least. And we did, I think three times and then went to network and I've remarked or mentioned elsewhere that I originally interviewed for Brian's role for David Silver, um, went to network. Um, Brian and I knew each other. So it was, it, it's always nice to see friends of yours or people that you're on good terms with and know each other pretty well. Um, you see them go on and do well to see him at network. I was like, this is awesome. I know him, you know, if I don't get it, you kind of, 
do that as an actor a lot of times when you interview for stuff and you know other people, you kind of are, at least I always was, I was raised that way uh, in kind of secret hopes that, hey, you know, if it doesn't work out for me, really hope that, you know, That's cool. God's, got, God's got that role in mind for them and, and they go do well. Yeah. So, um, so I do remember initially interviewing, went to network, like I said, didn't turn out for that role. Um, but I had read the script and was asked to come back actually very kindly and read one time for Aaron Spelling and a few other people um, and was offered the role directly from Aaron Spelling. So it's Chuck, Chuck I mean, you were amazing this, this even before your time, right? Excuse me, Pete. Is that before your time, Chuck? This, this oh, absolutely. I, I'm interested in how much fun you had on the pilot and things like that. You know, where no. you know, did did your you know? I've heard, but the other characters, you know, got new sides and parts changed, and you oh, know, yeah. there was a lot of that kind of uh, uh, you know, topsy turvy. Did you get scenes, new scenes, or scenes that weren't there that or were there that like where did my scene go? Or oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, you're, you're yellow, about yellow, yellow copies, orange copies, green copies. Yeah, the whole. Okay, this scene was changed. Okay, you were pulled out of this scene, but you were moved to the back of this one. That's yeah, absolutely. Well, I sure. I've been told that that and, and I do believe this, and I, I think Darren would confirm it if he were here. That you know, Aaron was the one, uh, the other Aaron, the A A R O N Aaron, the other, the, the, the Mister, as he was also called. Um, you know, really encouraged Aaron to not have the brother and sister be bickering and be closer than than a brother and sister, uh, uh, whether twins or not twins, be. And it right. was a, it was a real good note. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Do you remember uh, shooting the pilot, Doug, and uh, what that experience was like to meet all these, you know, a young Jason Priestley, a young Shannon Doherty? I mean, you were all sort of, you know, going at this together um, with really no idea what was going to come of this. Uh, what was that experience like? So interestingly, um, Aaron Spelling had us all over to his house to read the pilot, to read the script. He had breakfast for us. It was all set up. So we did was, actually all And this was the brick me. house. This was before the manor. This was the yes. one. On oh, the yes. Boulevard. Yes. Yes. The brick yep. house. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that fun. was amazing <laughs> to say the least. And and something I remember and obviously revere the memory of uh, very well, just because I, it's amazing to have someone invite you into their home, first and foremost. It's amazing to ever go to work for someone as tremendous and highly revered in the business is Aaron Spelling. And I have him actually ask an entire cast of people, hey, come over to my house, we'll have breakfast, we'll share the script, we'll read, we'll shake hands, we'll get to meet each other, we'll, that was an amazing opportunity. So yeah, that was, so I had met them all at his house, which was great, because I didn't have scenes with, of, of several of them I didn't have scenes with in the, uh, in the pilot, so it was nice to meet everyone. Yeah, and I'm curious though for you. I mean, there's no way, obviously, that at that point you sh you know you probably did a bunch of pilots younger, right? I mean, so you know, yeah, yeah. So you, there's no way to know what's going to come of this, right. but um, there's an excitement about shooting it. I'm sure. Um, what was your thoughts from? I mean, I know you're a young kid at the time, so you, it's difficult to like remember all of these things. But did you say, oh, this thing, you know? This thing seems pretty cool. I hope we get to shoot it. Or were you like, I don't, like, we've heard that Jason said, you know, he didn't think he'd get past like six episodes or something like that, you know? So, what right. was your, yeah, yeah. 
I think, um, well, and, and like you said, I had a different frame of reference just being a lot younger. And I mean, I was in high school, right? Right. That, um, that we went through these iterative, you know, you're not picked up for a full season, right? So you kind of, you do the pilot and then you wait and it airs. And you kind of know in the meantime, you might be doing three more shows. So then you do those three more shows. And in the middle of the second one, you find out, okay, you were picked up for four more. So it's kind of like that in iterations, you know? So that first season was really piecemeal. I mean, it was I at oh, least yes, it was. In, in, in two small chunks, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, those are giant milestones to reach, obviously. And you're just kind of like, okay, I love the cast. This is great work. I'm working for just fantastic people. This is awesome. Well, like, I, 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 want, I want Doug to know because there was, um, because you weren't, you weren't standing in that room but I or some of these rooms when I said the same thing. But I always Karen will confirm this. Whenever I may thank the the, the the cast or the crew or anything, I always said the same thing. And here's to anyone who can remember the first twelve. You can remember <laughs> the first twelve. Were, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I think you're right on that. Television show. Yes. It was. It was a long road to get it started off. For yeah, sure. It was, it, was, for sure. it was unique. I had never done it before. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> Um, I'm curious, Chuck, you eventually do get on the show. Well, somebody wants me to ask you this. Um, Beth wants to know, you said on uh, Jenny and Tori's podcast that you had a crush on Tori, but maybe he just said that because she brought it up. <laughs> I thought he seemed like he was crushing on Brenda, too. So this is our show. We're not on Jenny and Tori's, who we do love here. Uh, crush on Tori? Yeah, yeah, your name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably blushing, but hopefully, yeah, hopefully the shade from my hat is because <laughs> I've been happily married for like twenty for twenty five years. Oh, so, I get it. You know. It's okay. It, it does. <laughs> I just prepared for this show. I did. I, I went real quick through some of the, the the terrific scenes you were in 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 season one, focusing on that one, and in the one uh, with Palm Springs weekend. Where, where David shines you on and, and he goes to Palm Springs with them. After he does that, there's a shot of Tori, uh, um, uh, Jenny, and, and Shannon standing in front of the, the uh, lockers in that mm -hmm. age. How could you not be a young American boy and not crush on them? They're all, they're, they're, they're all beautiful. That was done very well. Well <laughs> casted. Yeah. So, I, uh, so it, no, nothing to be ashamed of. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. And and yeah, I mean, I we're lucky. I think the entire cast is I myself not included in that no, you're necessarily. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you're kind. <laughs> but um but very attractive individuals, I would say, largely. So, so there you go. Uh spelling all true. It was all true. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Erin, do you have anything you want to pop in and ask while we're here? Um, kind of touching on what Marie said earlier, the whole idea of David outgrowing the friendship and then Scott being upset that David thinks he's Fred cool now. Um, it's yeah. just kind of <laughs> such a relatable common thing, I think, for kids that age. Have you heard from fans over the years that, you know, they were ditched by a friend for the cool kids and that Scott's storyline kind of resonated with them? Absolutely. Um Possibly not so much of the the very introspective, uh, you know, I, I, I lost out on a friendship because someone else saw a socialite or status as being more important than my friendship. So maybe not people sharing quite that much, um, but for sure, 
the character resonating with individuals and them finding, hey, you know, I wasn't really all that social. You know, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't super athletic as a guy. I mean, I, I wasn't super good looking, certainly not muscle bound, certainly not studly in those regards. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't cut from that cloth that so I certainly have had um, I would say a, a fair amount of people reach out and say, yeah, I, I loved your character just being more normal and less, you know, I, I wouldn't say showy, but but I would say, you know, less uh, motivated by social status. Totally. Uh, well, here you are. Let's take a look at this. <laughs> Lord. Dear Lord, back in the day. Um, what about Brian? I mean, you and Brian, you and Brian are great, you know, together, obviously, uh, in these early episodes. What was it like working with him? You were buds with him, you said? We were, I would say, good, good friends, for sure. I mean, we did things even on the weekends together you know, or over holidays. So, I mean, that was um, a lot of the interaction you can see between us as characters, I think is largely us as friends, just getting shot and, and saying the words of the scene, but actually having fun ribbing each other or just kind of being playful and being, just being good, good buds, you know, cause I mean, we're, I think we're separated by like 13 months or, or somewhere in there, you know, so we're within the same age range for sure. And as teenagers, you know, he and myself and Tori all were kind of uh, pretty close pals. Back to the sure. Tori thing again. Wow, bringing her up again. No, <laughs> it's, 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 it's <laughs> an age thing, too, though. Auditions and stuff. Didn't you see Brian at auditions around for similar parts all the time before that, too? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's, I mean, that's how I knew him when we went to network. So, I mean, I, you hear the same names called by casting directors when people go in. So you're used to, and you get to know people or know their their parents, their mom, their dad, whomever is with them. A lot of times they're siblings too. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, a lot of people that I'll look and review silly clips from the eighties or nineties, or even watch commercials. And I'm like, I knew her or I knew him or I knew his older brother or okay. we worked together in this. So, you know, that's so for sure. You see the same people around, you know, you, you it, it's not a, uh, a faux relationship largely and kids are kids, right? Right. So I mean you just wanna you just wanna play games or at least chat about stuff that you have in common. It's not like I need this job because right. I gotta right. I gotta pay bills and I gotta that's not so much in your mindset, you know. So did you go to regular school or were you homeschooled when you were I, I went to private Catholic school actually. So mm. yeah. So a little of both maybe. But uh, I did a lot of I did a lot of set time. So I had a lot of set teachers. Yeah. You know? So right. yeah, for sure. Right. Three hours a day, three hours or bank it. So I'm, yeah. I'm curious yeah. for you guys, for Chuck and Karen, um, you get the, you know, you, you come into the world and you get these characters. When you looked at the Scott Scanlon character initially, what were your thoughts? And what was it, was it difficult? I mean, you have an ensemble. I think writing ensembles must be so challenging, just generally speaking. There's like, oh, who else do I have to add into this scene, <laughs> you know? But um, was it challenging and finding things to do with Scott and David, or how did you approach writing for Scott, I guess? Well, I want to just say, I thought they were like a duo for comic relief, that that was, that was the point of them, you know, being there, and but that they maybe could could have been combined into one character, but then you wouldn't have the camaraderie. You wouldn't have that pair up thing, which is a thing. So it kind of made sense. I believe it was really just a financial 
a financial crunch that said you have to eliminate some of these costs, you know, and that's the problem. That's where they could say, oh. You mean the, you mean the gun that was always to my head? That right. one? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, you know, have them play off each other. You know, that's how you get to comedy. You know, it's a, it would be a well, thing. Well, certainly it was, it was freshman hijinks, and that right. was, you know, knowing in that. And I think the one that makes it, that, that for me at this point, that's the hardest to look for. In fact, I didn't bother to stop and look at it again because it's when we did Perfect Mom and you guys, it was the it was the variation of Porky's with the camera and the girls in the bathroom. And it was like, ay, ay, is that, is that uh, not, not uh, allowed these days? You know, it was, that was not great. But that was, I, that was young boys hijinks. But it's very interesting. You know, I said I looked at the, the Birch episode. So the one that I wanted to look at, I think, Pete, you might have this here, right? The episode from um, uh, the um, tech. No comment. And no, no slide comments, please. <laughs> I'm going to show it. Yeah, I was going to ask, and we have a scene here with Chuck's favorite room in the high school, the tech room. So here, here is this. Oh. Um, Hopefully, it plays. I don't know if it's playing. Oh, well, it looks like back playing, is it? It's not, not happening, dude. We have a Wi-Fi thing. Yeah. Um, but I got to tell you, I don't even know what that device is in the tech room. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't even know that's what my, we That's my brain, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> writing the um, yeah. But, you know, so anyway, in the scene, it's interesting. It's, we can't see it, but so I'm glad I did take the notes. Um, so you get her, you're there, and Brandon is, is really interested in what you're doing, and you're doing a mock-up of a nightclub, even though you haven't had the experience of going to a teen nightclub. And two, you know, typical bully jocks are there, and they start teasing your voice. And then you, and you, you, um, and to, uh, to put them down, now you, you, at, at least, you know, look at your this and this, and you say under your breath, at least I'm not the missing link. And yeah. it's a very interesting thing that, you know, because that line and how you, you find characters of David Spen, who didn't stay with the show, was there for the first 12, but didn't stay with the show. He wrote the episode of The Green Room and was very, uh, knew a lot of, very sweet to Yale, very cerebral. And he gave you that kind of response, which I'm not sure you would, you would have done that in any of the other episodes. And then when I read that, I just went, you know, when to Pete's question, you know, you end up trying to find the character's voice, who the character is. And for you, you know, you want it to be at that you 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 want it to be um, you know, most relatable. Like who are you? How can you do it? And so that plot that uh, we were talking about before uh, we started with Karen, uh, she and I upstairs about, you know, your the, the, the really pivotal again in a pivotal episode, isn't it romantic? Our, our otherwise known as AIDS episode, there you were being restricted from sex education, which is, come on, that was many, many people in our audience. I'm sure someone maybe can at there now can just reach in and say, yeah, I, I wasn't allowed to take those classes or whatever. So it was it was a very interesting thing. And, and I was marking to Karen about when you when you came in and finally got the end of it and realized she had AIDS. So the cut to you is is um it, it, it i think represents anybody who never even heard of the disease and it's, it was very powerful i thought uh, you got thoughts on that care no yeah that was a it was a that was a 
we like that episode, obviously. That was one of our favorites. <laughs> That's the, the first Brenda Dillon date, et cetera. Um, and, you know, to, to, to represent all the different points of view, I mean, that was Charles's creation, was that how what, what Scott's family would be like, that they would be this Catholic family with a lot of siblings and the mother wouldn't want him to have, you know, uh, to have any, it's very strict and controlling, et cetera, et cetera. So set us up for a lot of good plot stuff later, you know, character stuff later. But uh, that just Charles just created that out of his head, and um, so I, yeah. But but that there was a machine there, that brain we were looking at. Yeah, but in, this, I but in that episode, in a sex assembly, yeah, you had all kind of you had all the different you know reactions, all the different the the spectrum of you know experience among the among the listeners etc cetera, etc cetera. and um and uh yeah and scott was certainly of a type you know he was the one that didn't was clueless basically at this point he was needed the education you know needed the education that was the point and you sold that so yeah. well worthwhile to see again things if, if the if the clip machine was working we would have showed it um and <laughs> and at the peach pit app for dark pop-up we're gonna have a clip machine so that we're gonna be able to no. click buttons yeah uh no i want to ask you about two things uh, two the episodes that we will have that but i want to ask you about two things uh that we we're just talking about in the tech room i'm not gonna ask about the tech room but you get to do some stuff with uh with luke you know you, there, there's that great stuff with with uh dylan and you and you know i think someone wrote here that that scene is the definition of dylan cool you know what i mean and and, sure. it, and, it, and it happens with you you know what i mean like it's he's help he's defending your character so i guess a couple of things um you're put into something that's that's people really relate to and build the, the dylan character in a way right so what are your thoughts on that and then also i want to ask you about working with luke perry um, well, first, I, I mean, it, it's, it's very lucky that I happen to be the one that was in that scene well, with him. Because, yes, he does typical, I would say, typical Dylan behavior slash lines. But the delivery is more Luke, I think, than Dylan almost. You know, like a lot of times there's a, a gray between who the person is and their character. Where sure. like a lot of times over time, right? your personality resonates and comes through in the character. So the character kind of reflects more of the person, but, but that being said that, so I, so I find myself really lucky and, um, and, and I loved Luke. He just, I mean, obviously I, you just, uh, what a great and kind gentleman and what just a normal person. I mean, just, I always, that always came through and like the, the fanfare and the, and the fame and the stardom and that everything because I was there very early on when they were being uh, basically chased out of malls because thousands of teenagers were showing up when they didn't have security staff set for thousands of teenage girls the, those types of so you get to see those people a few days after those maybe not altercations but those those occasions and um and hear from them and their experiences and. And it just, it wasn't his thing, at least as far as uh, all the fanfare of just, no, it's just me. I'm just normal. I'm just a guy. Luke was awesome. Right. I loved working with him. I was very lucky. I wish I had more scenes with him mm. um, and hold a soft spot in my heart for sure. And well-earned for him. Yeah. Go ahead, the, the one thing, the, the one thing too, I, I, you, you really built in, when a person said this is the ultimate scene of the Dylan Cool, you really... The how you delivered it, and then how the line itself 
you create help really create that mystique in the audience's mind absolutely in brandon's yeah. mind when you say the line i've never seen the guy in my life yeah you know and exactly and, you know when, when exactly. he just came in as your protector so that yeah. caused brandon to want to get to know who this person was so it almost kicks the whole series off in that regard it, and you mentioned the um the the fans and the and and everything that happened you guys all became sort of beetle like at some point did you oh, they did they did i didn't <laughs> I ask, did you have any experiences like that where you got recognized from being on the show i mean i'm not talking about someone trying to, to tackle you in the mall i mean just like right. aren't you that aren't you on 902 did you have that experience at all no um oh for sure yeah i most certainly yeah Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, shortly thereafter, I was driving as well. And because I was 15 ish, 16, had my 16th birthday, I think I've mentioned before yeah. uh, that a lot of them made a made a, a really nice deal out of which was nice for me being on set with such great people. So um, but yeah, I, I most certainly did followed sparingly, you know, driving and stuff for sure. You know, I mean, you definitely I think learn what it's like to just want. I have a different view in my scope of how I see the scope of their lives and how people just, Hey, I just want to have dinner with my family. I just, I'm just here with my kids. I just want to, you know, so you just that respect and that understanding. I gained that a lot. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, and, and I wanted to ask you about um, that stuff that they were talking about in, isn't it romantic? Um, being written to not go to, you know, uh, the sex ed seminar, or the AIDS seminar and all that stuff. What did you think of that aspect of your character when they started to give you some of that stuff? I, I mean, you always do what the script says, right? Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you know, I just, just being honest. Um, but so as far as character development and stuff like that, yeah. um, it was kind of nice. I think I largely didn't understand that undertone as strange as that may seem in, in, you know, uh, plain now, you know, right. and, and clear to me, you know, just hearing it through their words, you know, you I don't think it was, Doug, you were 15. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. Fair enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, and I had already definitely done sex ed by then you know, <laughs> so, right. in Catholic school. So for whatever right. it's worth. Been there. Can I just your name? Oh, I'm sorry. Ahead, Did people recognize your name as well as your face? I'm just wondering. I think more of my voice. Oh, that's interesting. That's what happened Oddly, to Karen. But yeah, I, sorry. Oh, yeah, I don't know if I ever told you my my getting recognized story. Did I, Peter? I think you have. Yes, it's hilarious. Yes. Um, okay. Did you have something, Chuck? That you were going to say? You had your. You... No, I was good. I wanted to. Yeah, we're good. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Um, all right, so I mean, um, you know, things are moving along for the Scott Scanlon character, and you know, obviously, it, it was it. I'm curious for you and Karen, was it harder? You know, things are starting to formulate with characters now, right? Dylan and Brenda is a thing. Uh, we're starting to see characters develop in a big way. Uh, David is shining in his own ways, you know, whether it be the dances or whatever. What was happening with Scott's character? I'm putting you in the hot seat here <laughs> 30 years later. What was happening at the time? Um, and did you, where did we, where did the, did the conversation go that maybe one of the characters of the two should be written off? 
You're asking Karen this? I'm asking you. Know, asking you. I think you. it's you, oh, okay. <laughs> Well, it was the, you know, we, in the first, one of the things about the first 12, which you understand, is we were just dancing as fast as we could. And we, the, the episodes and order was coming in, script orders, then episode orders, it's all coming in in dribs and drabs. So it really wasn't, it, and although we kind of liked what we were doing, you know, in the, the writing room and the, and, and the group and, and, and being surprised, uh, even the network as, as soon as they, they would start looking at some of the episodes more objectively, that they were strong and why don't we just leave this show alone? And it got, we, we often talk about that from episode eight to about 14, we were just basically left alone. It wasn't the first seven. We were, we were, I mean, not left alone in the sense that everything could be done, but they, they weren't, this show wasn't going to get, the ratings were really low. They were doing an okay show. The network feedback that we, we that we heard from, you know, the, the man who was in charge and it wasn't named, named not Rupert Murdoch, but Barry Diller, who basically said, yes, it's a, it's a, they're doing a really good job, but does it belong on our air? And what he meant by that, even though that sounded so offensive at the time to me, what he sounds offensive right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but the thing is, is that you know when you realize that what Mr. Diller became was a brand specialist, um, you know that he was looking at the Fox brand. He built branding into into broadcasting. Right. So you know that. So that that you know the, the whole one thing. But once we connected, once after the Gulf War. And our ratings just would sky up, and it was the network started to pay interest in us. Then, even though they made us, as we moved into season two, kind of suffer for the fact that we were um, fast forward having to do with teenage sexuality. At the same time, they they were moving it into this was a bigger realm. This was a bigger deal, and yet the financial support for the show. The economic was static. The network, this was the Fox Broadcasting Company, and they just, this was not hard to imagine that they would be a company that would be um, with not the kind of resources to, you know, support the kind of show that we were envisioning. At the same time, it was a period of time that they had uh, put a lot into buying the satellite, Sky, and, and they just, you know, couldn't have the extra. We, we weren't getting a bump. We weren't getting a raise. It was the same thing. We were non-union. We were this. We were small time. So there was pressure, and 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 not as much. There was financial, but also the creative to not focus on, you know, freshman hijinks, but focus on teen romance. And um, when you do the when you do the date when you do the. Um, What's it? The, the, the you know musical chairs. Okay, these couples gonna pair up, and these couples gonna pair up, and this couples gonna pair up. Hi, Scott. Who are you pairing up with now? That that you know because. And I want to just amend one thing. The dance was really. The, we talked about it. That that Brian and I and and I want to know Doug from you too because you were there and it's and I saw you in the in the shots in the background there, but. The energy of him dancing on that set live to that thing must have been really like kind of amazing because nobody was expecting. We, oh yeah, you'll win the dance contest, but nobody expected that we had, you know, a dancer of that 
skill in pop dancing and pop you know, teen dancing in our midst. So I wonder, was there excitement on the set when that was uh, going on? Do you have any recollection of that? I suppose I don't have any specific recollection, although it was something that I very much knew about him already. Right. I knew that uh, he, right, he was a very experienced. I he knew people from you know that background of right. dancing or being in atmospheres where he would he could shine that way. Where yeah. he has definite skill. <laughs> so that was the one time. It wasn't until we saw that 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 Darren Starr or myself were aware of that. Oh, got and, it. Um, and Karen, you come back anytime, sweetheart. <laughs> uh, but, but, um, you know, so, so that was, it was not a, you know, premeditated thing. And when they, when it was very clear and one thing that I, we could move into is when you were, you were told or, and by your management, I imagine, because I certainly, you and I never had a conversation about it. it, would not have been. It was a company conversation. It was an Aaron Spelling conversation. It was with your agency, with your folk, whatever it would be, your folks. Um, you know, that that the fact that you would come back for the few episodes that we had in, in season two, um, no matter everyone, no matter what, it, what, what, you, what, you, what the fee you got for doing it, because I wouldn't know that offhand if it was more or less or whatever. But boy, it was a real service to this television show, because it because the, the, the one thing that I basically said, in, and I, and this is a crude way to say it, but you can kind of quote me on it. I said, "Well, if you're going to make me, if you're going to make me fire him, then I want to kill him," <laughs> <laughs> and because. For the message of a gun accident, you know right. that was my. You know, you have to remember, Douglas, and and I've said it before, Aaron. You know that I'm of a generation. I lost John Kennedy, Martin Luther King, and Robert Kennedy. So handguns, guns were always something, and remains to me something I'm I'm, I'm apprehensive about. I'm not a gun person. I've never been to a firing range. It isn't my thing. And gun accidents. I think you know the gun episode itself came about because there was a a tragic gun accident at the Disneyland hotel after prom. And I thought that was one of the saddest things I'd ever heard. And the key word was accident. It really bothered me sometimes when we talk about the thing and we come back and say, oh, and yeah, they had a character who committed suicide with a gun. No, he didn't. What are you talking accident. about? You right. were actually, and when we watched the episode, and this, you could see you were actually kind of a, even being shunned a little bit by by David in, in, in terms of the context of the script that, that, you know, of the first 50 years. The fact is you enjoy being with your family. You love the little brothers and sisters, the sweetness that is you projected out in the character. Would you say that's fair, Karen, Aaron, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Well, I'm, go ahead, Karen. I was going to say, it was it moving for me even to watch it, to see, you know, here's Scott, and these cool kids come to his party, you know, and dance cool and everything. And just was like, you know, you kind of churn with that a little bit. You just feel that like it's like the dream. You know what I mean? That they would. Yeah, show you up. Had, there you were dancing between, you know, Kelly and, and Brenda. You're having a great time. And then mom comes in and says, OK, we're cutting the cake. And if she had just, you know, let it play out. And yeah. not done that. Yeah, I, love, I love that actress too. Mm -hmm. Your mom. Oh, Jenny O'Hara. Yeah. We wanted her to come. She was busy having uh, a 
a a Zoom call for uh, uh, with Gabriel Carteris for. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm breaking news here, Aaron. See news. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Um, but I'm curious, Chuck. I don't mean to get in the weeds of all this, but do you remember the meeting or the conversation when someone said? We have we're gonna lose the, the Scott character. Do you remember and saying okay, well then I want to kill him. Do you remember who said that to you when and how it happened? His name was Aaron Spelling. He was my boss. And so that's your take on how that happened for you. For Doug, I'm curious. How did you hear the news that this was where the show was going? Did you see it happening prior to hearing the information? Had you seen the characters and? figuring out what's going to happen with my character. No, no, actually. <laughs> no, to the contrary. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you're no, a kid too, so it's hard for yeah. you to, you know, yeah. Um, no, we had actually just gotten news that we were picked up for a full season, right? And no kidding. Uh, after getting home from doing the season two photo shoot with the entire cast, um, I had an answering machine message from... Tony Shepard to call him and I called him and found out I was being let go. So that's, that's how I was notified. Like, the, the same day I did a photo shoot. So that's, you know, I I must mean, have been it, is, it is what it is. Like I said, it was a blessing age, in disguise that, as things turned out. But. but at that age, that must've been very confusing and hard to deal with. I would imagine. For sure. Yeah. I, to put it lightly. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, no adult likes to be fired no. and it's just, it's just as hard for a kid. And I'd, I'd worked for, you know, like I said, I, 10, 11, 11 plus years by that point in time. Um, but I'd never been let go, you know, never had that kind of fallout. I, very few people actually do. So, I mean, I, it's not like, but, um, well, but yeah, well, so I mean, well, Tony, I hope he was, he was tactful. I hope he was not, uh, there's a lot of ways to be in show business. You can be very brusque or you can be very empathetic. And hopefully he was empathetic with you. If you have any recollection of your phone call. Not so much. We got through. I, I mean, I got through it That's just much. fine. I mean, then it was okay. And then it was scheduling a meeting with, um, I think actually with uh, production and writing staff for character development for, early second season, kind of my demise sort of type of planning. So that so was kind the, of- So Tony that, was the one that told you that that was in the, the works. Yeah, yeah, he was, um, yeah. Well, you know, that's, I, not how Charles, I, that's not how Charles would have done it, but okay, that's how it was. That's done. okay, I, it, it all worked out. And now 30 years 30 later, years I, later I mean, it is, you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. Thank you for forgiving us, everybody. <laughs> for coming on the show. I have no uh, reason not to forgive people. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious though at 15 when this is all going down i asked this to chuck when we watch the the next 50 years you start to see i know it's different but you start to see like an emily valentine's coming into the mix you see other guest stars being brought in as you're going out is that confusing at your age to be like well i, I would be like well i don't understand why why am i going you know they're bringing you know, all these people well, well, you definitely do that. Just the, you know, the somersault, the mental somersaults and hurdles that you do of like, the, wow, I mean, why is it working out this way? And, you know, you have a lot of second guessing yourself as an actor too of like, okay, well, well was I poor at doing the job? Was I not, I got along with everybody. So you do all those kinds of things, let alone being a kid and being new to all of this as well. 
but um but no i i mean actually it wasn't a surprise those types of changes in development and characters and stuff like that because i had worked quite a bit and understood a lot of the dynamics and wanted the show to do well i mean ultimately you want the best for those people and you wanted to succeed and do well no one could have no one could have guessed they would do this phenomenally well I, I don't think i think even everyone on their best day knew that it had it in it and thank goodness it came to fruition you know but so no i i definitely understood the dynamics that were in play even at that age to understand well, yes this is they have to do this you know i want i want i want uh, uh aaron especially i'm saying this story especially for aaron that the new york Times, the year when i was leaving the show right as i was leaving the show the new york times did a big piece in the you know the, the front page of the arts about because the upfronts were happening for that season and about what shows were missed at the upfronts and they they you know registered all the ones and of course no show of that period of time you know by 1995 had been missed more at the upfronts than 90210 so we are uh, you know, so they asked all these different people for well, what was the one show they missed? And then, what, and then when they mentioned 90210, one of the mavens, one of the media buyers, the kid, who knew? So I wrote a letter to the Times, wrote back and said, falsely, but nonetheless, because it made a good copy, I knew. <laughs> but I didn't. Nobody did. We just wanted to get through. <laughs> I'm curious, Doug. I want to ask you. Um, after that happens, you and well, let's talk about the next fifty years and coming back and doing the show. Um, was it weird to be in that place to come and do those things? I mean, this episode or the few that they bring that they bring you on for, and particularly the next fifty years, is such an impactful episode on the show. I mean, when me and Chuck watched it this week on Patreon, cheap plug to the Patreon. Uh, they, people said this is the, one of their favorite, if not the favorite episode of the series. And obviously that has to do with what you brought to that, you know, that character, people falling in love with your character and being reminded of it in that episode when they see you in the video screen and the stuff at your house. So that the performance is incredible. Um, and so I'm curious in shooting that, what that experience was like for you uh, in those last few bits. I was saddening, but also happy. I, I mean, it, I think I had uh, may, maybe not renewed uh, way of looking at it, but you know, I I wasn't being picked up. So then it was, okay, this is not my dressing room. Then, <laughs> you know, so I, I mean, some of the realization of that type of stuff was saddening, right? But there was two was there was a lot of large changes in the character, you know, I. I, I come back from when everyone else had their summer and there was, you know, boosts in their understanding and their rapport amongst each other. And I didn't share in that. And I had a cowboy hat. So that was new. Said, and, you, and the you, whole, you, you know, so bringing in that hat, there, there it is. <laughs> I love it. Thanks. <laughs> that, um, so, I mean, there was a lot of very new stuff for me as an actor and in the writing and, and that type of stuff too. So, I mean, sad for sure. You know, and just that, wow, this is it's hard to believe. You know, well, that, the, one, the one thing I want to remind uh, uh, you, Pete, and, and, and others is that, um, and, it was, and it was a very specific thing that was done, knowing because we could have put this show on at any number of episodes, right? But we put it after Halloween, 
after the episode. That oh, he they, has that hat. I knew you had that hat. I knew it was there. I knew it. People ask me where he's at. Amazing. Well, that's my lovely crazy. wife went and grabbed it. You probably uh, saw me grin real big. She was like, uh, that is awesome. Somebody asked me, uh, where is the hat? I didn't mean to cut you short. Sorry. No, that's hey, awesome. that's everybody signed it and he signed it. And, and stuff. everyone signed it. That's, yes, that's, that's an heirloom. That's, that's the one <laughs> thing I'm very really sure. That. Uh, because it's also very emotional watching the show. Before Go back to what I was saying before, but very emotional watching the show, especially the point right at the end when they – when, when, without saying anything, David Silverpick takes the hat out and puts it into the time capsule, and it would be there. And it's a very, uh, very emotional moment and a very, you know, emotional show. Um, but prior to that, the week before was Halloween, and you guys got to have fun on Halloween. And as we talked about with our friend uh, Phil Savinick of the Beverly Hills uh, Historical Society. Halloween was a real Beverly Hills holiday in those years. And so you really represent, you're having a good time. And that's why you kind of bonded and did that, um, that, that shoot about World War II or Vietnam, you know, the whole the crazy little zany skit you yeah. did because you had bonded back. You, yeah. you, had you not shot, it, it, you know, like that, if your character would have been shot, my prediction would have been, you guys may have not been the bestest of friends after that, but you would have enjoyed each other's company. You wouldn't have been, uh, you know, antagonists to each other. You would have gone. Yeah. But that happens. People change in high school. People change after high school and college. It's, it's life. But, you know, um, but I did uh, want to say that it didn't come totally out of the blue, the, the, the relationship. But that but that it was the, the trouble again, going back to Jenny O'Hara, how he she kind of you know, just, just, just um, almost stormed into, you know, back into David's life and said, it's his birthday. You got to be there, put this all together. And he's, he's a kid too. You know, you, you realize that he was a young kid. We learned that uh, Scott is David's bestest, bestest friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you miss acting? Ooh, that's a, that's a hard, that's a hard question. Um, Things surely, yes, uh, I, I I did, and and no cliche about it. I, I loved the work. I mean, I actually really always just loved the work. Mm-hmm. So um, and and actually, thankfully, uh, doing the show at all gave me a little bit of taste of stardom, or at least what that would have been like, you know. Mm-hmm. So having that understanding of that side of Hollywood was very new to me because everything I had done was not things you would get recognized for, not things that would, you know, most of your neighbors don't know that this is what you do. The other kids in class do know because you're here, you're gone, you're here, you're gone, you know, that type of stuff. You know, but, um, I, I miss the the good cast feel, the fun and the camaraderie that comes along with putting something that can be really fantastic together um, with just entirely too many people then people have any idea to actually pull together. Um, so that stuff I, I miss because that's actually, you know, the, I guess the beauty of the art form, you know, as far as that goes, you know, is really something to behold. Um, but so I, so I do miss that. And two is the, the butterflies of, you know, it's like a competition, right? It's kind of like the Super Bowl. Every time you go, you go up or they're going to cut to a close up or they're going to, it's kind of, you have that feel 
you know. Sort well, of, if you if you get the great. urge, two things. If you get the urge, a you look great, and b they make do a lot of action movies in Georgia, just down the road from you. And you're, you're certainly you're certainly got the resume for that, whether you have the acting credits for that. Oh, you're you're kind. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I want to ask also about shooting that the the gun scene itself and and all of that. And I know I know this was Dan Adius, right, Chuck? That uh, that the, the ace yes. that directed that. Do you remember walking through some of that? So how it would look? Because you know, obviously, they didn't. We, when we watched it, Chuck, we we didn't see the horrific scene. We just saw uh, uh, we saw David's reaction. You know what I mean? So we knew what had happened. But do you remember shooting the, those final moments? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I absolutely I was, do. Yeah, I was on set for all of that stuff, all that party filming. Yeah. yeah, that was very, very amazing. It was really great to watch. To tell you the truth, how Dan managed it because it was tough. You know, the party scenes were tough. You had all the whole cast there. It was really hard. You know, anytime you had the whole cast. It was difficult, so yes, was yeah. able to just. Dan was struggling. That you know, there was time crunch in that day. I actually came to the set that day as well, mm -hmm. not for the, the the shoot, the the, the shot uh, itself for in 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 the room with you, but there was there and, and no, it was a hard day, a big day. Dan was stressed. And of course, pulled it out. So your Dan's version of that because he told he us would about say he's a stressed. bomb, a bomb <laughs> that he found one time. He right. was but you know the interesting i want to tell doug one thing that i bet he doesn't know so the actor who played your father in that is named mm -hmm. greg finley who okay. went to my sister who was in my sister's grade in high school and was a huge actor in high school beautiful singing voice and 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 it was a working actor in hollywood in that at that point but that he also uh after high school uh Join the Green Berets. No kidding. I didn't know if you knew that. Wow, I had no, I had no idea. That's yeah, if you ever tremendous, want tremendous to, and amazing. Greg and I wow. are, we're friendly, so I, I can definitely, if you're ever interested in contacting him and just telling him about your back. You know, he also, he's still involved with theater. He lives up in wow. Boise, Idaho. And uh, I wish I would have I, I wish I would have put two and two together. I was like, Peter, call him up. Because he was supposed to come on when we did our, our show in October, the 30th anniversary, he was going to be on with you and Jenny. And That's he right. had a problem and couldn't We were doing a scan, the Scanlon family reunion. Uh -huh. I remember that. And I right. get a hold of oh, Cole, uh, Tom, who is your sister. We're hoping that that comes to fruition one day. Mm -hmm. um, but for Doug, I want to ask you about those 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 last scenes with, with Dan Adius and shooting the, the gun scene. And what was that experience like for you? Wow. Um... Uh, difficult. I, I mean, is in, in a word, you know, and saddening for sure because of what you know the whole message was uh, and what it meant for my character and and me working on the show. So with that all being said, um, you know, I was actually I was raised not treating firearms as toys and not and having great reverence to safety and respect for anything that's dangerous inherently. Um, you know, I was, I mean, I have fond memories of growing up with my grandpa and who was a hunter, you know, and in learning a lot of those fundamentals. So, you know, it was very counterintuitive to the way that I would ever handle anything otherwise. So in that regard, you know, that was new and foreign and very uncomfortable for me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so you're an actor, so you, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you know. so you do what actors do and you, you know, you play the character and you, but it was such a kid thing too. It was. It wasn't like a 
hunting and the respect and all that, you're out in the field. You were doing a little thing like, look how I control this on yeah. my finger. It's almost like yeah. a, a circus show, a rodeo cowboy, practically. You know, Sad, uh, yeah. And that's and that's when the when you let your guard down and and, and bad things can happen, accidents can happen. You watch the show. Um, I don't know how long after you shot this, but you watch it. It's a beautiful tribute to your character. Um, Karen, you know, you wrote such an incredible episode. And Chuck and I were watching it this week. I said, I just can't get over it. I mean, there were times where Char Chuck, Charles and I just stopped talking during the Patreon to watch your words and watch Doug acting and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So it's, it's a lot of beautiful, powerful stuff. I'm curious for you, for Karen, do you remember writing all of this? Where were you in your in your mind and whatnot? I totally remember writing that because it was such an important story. You know, it's, it's, it's something that, uh, yeah, we're not gun people. But if you look at the statistics and the accidents, you know, with the guns, it just seemed like, gosh, you know, it's something to be to be addressed. And then to be able to link it in with all the other school related issues and, the, and the, what they were going through, I thought it was a, just a, a powerful story. So when you have that outline, you know, you just... You know, you could tell from the outline it was going to be effective, you know, emotional um, and really great chance to learn more about every character, et cetera. So it was just it was, you know, and then a dramatic event. You know, they call them a tent pole sometimes when it's like a big scene with a lot of extras. This wasn't that, but it was a, a, a moment. It was <laughs> it was a momentous, you know, turning point for for characters to, you know, mature and 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 hopefully for the audience too to get that yeah these are this is not this is not just funny games people can actually get hurt themselves whether emotionally from the social stuff or physically with a gun and you know it matters how you treat people when they're here that you know so it was that was the that was a really um forefront in my mind at the time you just mentioned the line from David's, um, you know, yeah. monologue. Um, do you remember where you were when you wrote that monologue? Yes, I was sitting on my bed <laughs> my, my house on Barrows Drive with uh, three little children at home, little babies. They were like one, one, three, and uh, seven at the time. Mm. Um, yeah. With her, with her, was I was I like, how you doing, honey? Are you ready to turn it in? Was I, was I, was I I was in the trenches with you to some most some extent, not always with the dialogue, of course. But I remember, remember any of that, or not so? Really, uh, I don't remember that. I no, remember I was, me was a good producer, good husband. Yeah, no, it's a, it was yeah, like, I'm sure. I was because I got like um, I had gotten. I guess I had done enough by that point. I don't know. Did I write any before that one on that season? No, I don't. Yeah, think yeah, so. you did camping. Oh. Okay. But that I felt it was going to be, you know, um, uh, oh, Lindsay's trying to FaceTime me. I don't know. How <laughs> <laughs> about you, Doug? Uh, when you watched the episode back, I'm sure you did watch. You watched it, I'm sure. Well, you could take Oh, it. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You can take Helen. What, 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 did you, what did you think about it when you, when you looked back? Oh, how cute. Look at that. <laughs> You're on the podcast. <laughs> hey. Do you have any grandchildren? And my daughter. <laughs> Lindsay, we got Douglas Emerson here from, from 90210. Hi. Can you see them? <laughs> Lindsay was the 
Hi, yeah. sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I love you. Cute. Yeah, see, I told you I was busy with my granddaughter. Um, I was asking Doug when you watched the episode back what that was, what was that like for you? I was happy with the way it turned out. For sure. I, I mean I, I was I was actually very, very comfortable with the way that everything was presented, with the way the scenes went. Uh yeah, I, I mean that for sure. So, so how great is that to hear from the actor that got killed? I mean, that's <laughs> well, well, I hope, I hope it means you know, I be, because it is it, it, no kidding, and it's a testament to the writing, you know, well, and and, and hopefully, crazy. I was always a professional at least to be able to yield some humility and understanding. It's not about you; it's about it's about the show. Like it's not about any one single character. It's about the ensemble or the message or you know the storyline. So that. And I knew that even then, so, you know. Well, as I've said on this podcast before, it's the one episode where uh, both the network at the same time, uh, you know, Miss Sandy Grusha and Aaron Spelling and I were in the same room and them asking me not to do the episode and me telling them why I had to do the episode and they were very supportive after that moment. And the other was, is that it was the second highest rated show we had in season two. I, I have to, I, I wish I could say it was the highest rated, but you know, when uh, Emily Valentine burns down that float and they're saying, <laughs> he's going to burn down the float, go crazy. It's even more than someone is going to die tonight. I think I still have a TV guide. I have the TV guide page where it says someone is going, going to die. One of their own. The gang was one of their own. I think that was That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And, and it was so hard because, you know, it was like that. We, it, it, and sure, it's good promotion and all that. But, of course, we as the writers, producers, we would be, oh, what a cheesy show. We would, we would do that as an ad, you know. Oh, like, well, no, it is driving people to it. It's the nature of it. But we uh, um, we would always get blamed in the writer's room for anything that was uh, cheesy. Doug, I have a question. When you're watching this episode back and we're talking about, I know you talked about the writing and it's beautiful, but there is this side of you personally that is no longer on that show, right? But you're watching, say, Brian or David, through David, give a touching speech about you, but right. your character. But there has to be, I would imagine, especially at that age, some, not maybe not confusion, but just like, some emotion about that, right? You know, uh, what well, you know. I, I mean, definitely. Well, and, and I hate to reiterate what I what I stated earlier as far as being, you know, being sad about not getting to yeah, continue. Yeah, he said he was gay. Well, you want him to cry, Pete? Is that what you're getting at? You want to tell him? You want him to say, say he we went in his room and he cried for a few days? No, no, I'm, not, no I'm not saying that at all. I'm, I'm saying I might have. Pete would have. Pete would have for, for sure. sure. I would have. I wouldn't cry. No, I just meant uh, from a personal standpoint, I think what people were asking about was um, watching Brian deliver the scene, uh, right. you know, and what your thoughts are, were on that personally and also as, as an actor, seeing your friend kind of deliver this moment for your character and kind of like putting all of that together. Well, it does ultimately mean something for me as well going through my life of, hey, that's, those aren't, those aren't bad words to keep in mind and to take to heart in the way you address and treat other people. Right. And I'm, you know, I, I'm religious 
some other people, a lot of people aren't. So, I mean, I understand. So in, in a lot of ways I have, you know, a, a different way of looking at things, but in essence, being kind to one another is really what you should be doing regardless day in, day out, no matter how you have fallouts through friendships. Then the older we get, the more experiences and the more fragile life is, you really kind of understand. I mean, I've had 30 years definitely to reflect on that, like in my own life through experiences. So, you yeah. know, I'm, um, and you don't act, you, you know, at some point you leave acting. What was that choice like? Obviously we've talked about, you said here that it was, a, you know, the, probably the best thing that ever happened to you, right? You, so many other great things came from that choice, which is amazing to, to hear. Um, but what was that choice like at that time? Was that a difficult choice? So, well, well, so, it, I mean, obviously it was hard and I, I, I mean, I grew up doing it in, in essence, you know, I started doing it when I was four. So pretty much all of my school memories, all of the different schools I went to that were directly attributed to how many jobs I did <laughs> and how busy I was. Um, so my entire, you know, younger years in growing up and my friendships largely in and out of different schools or in acting and out of acting uh, were all shaped by being an actor. I had always thought this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to continue doing. And, and in the in the frame of being a child, that's kind of really all you know, if that's something you've done for 12, 14 years. Um, it became hard for me to get work. Um, I, because, your simple, face was, I, because your face was known because of our show, you mean, you think? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know it, in some small, small way, possibly, um, you know, but some of it was probably some of the roles I was going out for, the timing of things. I also wasn't, you know, I'm not six foot one and, and muscle bound. So the stud lead role actor is probably not going to happen for me. And I'd kind of always known that, you know, so there are those roles. And then there are the um, the very different, quirky, awkward that I was kind of just starting to grow out of and maybe myself socially working myself out of in my own personality. And, sure. you know, I surfed, you know, I, I drove, you know, by that point in time. So I was growing up and learning a lot more about myself. You and surfed? If you would have told me you surfed, and I could have had you be a Dylan surf buddy. And we <laughs> actually, I actually, we never got actually, that. Actually, it was one of the sound guys that um that offered to take me surfing. And and I said, yeah, absolutely. So I yeah. went oh, surfing and pretty much did that until I got in the military. Um, uh, you know, but too, well, was it... You know, knowing that, that you were here in high school and it was Catholic school, just my son played, you know, went to school in, in the Valley and played sports and stuff against a lot of Catholic schools. Do you, what high school did you go to? Which one? Uh, Al, Al, well, I went to Chaminade when I was younger, but I, but I, but I went to Alamany. Chaminade, actually, uh, we yeah. have been, Karen and I in both places have been in the stands watching <laughs> uh, football games against both schools. Oh, that's that's we, 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 beat, we beat Chaminade and lost to Alamany, but you know, that's how gotcha. it after, after they went surfing, the that same sound person put the boom in the shot. Um, <laughs> it probably was him, actually, because his arms were tired from paddling. No, it makes exactly. sense. The paddling, right. that's, that's what it happened. But um, but two was you know I had the opportunity to you know school wasn't a focus when I was younger, acting and work was. So keeping my grades decent enough to get a work permit were kind of my my goals. So then. It was, well, you know, maybe, maybe I'll go to college. Okay. I'd gotten out of high school. Actually, I think 
my junior year was my last year of high school. And then I took a high school equivalency and was like, all right, well, maybe college is not out of bounds and not something that I won't do. So, you know, it, it definitely opened my eyes as far as that. And then you said you met your wife at college, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. So, that, I mean, yeah. you know, then it all starts to fall into into place, right? You know, absolutely. That, and you have that experience that is amazing being on this this big show. And it's super blessed. It becomes less of a thing, you know what I mean? Because the things that you're doing now are so much better than that that thing that you had did all those years ago. Certainly different, that's for sure. Yeah. Different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, do, did you, do you, did you, when you, you, you were, you said that you were, um, you know, you, you were in the service and all that stuff. Did you get recognized in odd places? Um, I don't know about the service, but in places for being Scott or being on 90210? Uh, interestingly, and this is at the forefront of my mind, cause I was just telling my wife, I'm like, Oh, this is the craziest thing. So I was TDY. So I was uh, temporary, uh, temporary duty, like you travel and you go for training and stuff like that. So they call it TDY, right? Temporary duty. And um, and I was TDY to Vegas at one point in time and was in uniform with two of my buddies and we were walking and I got recognized and they thought that was just the craziest thing ever. Yeah. That was 100% not my lifestyle that they had ever known. They knew about because they were good buddies of mine. You know, most people that know me don't know about that as my past, which is kind of so. Is it fun when they find out and they're like, dude, were you on some 90210 thing? <laughs> it kind of sometimes comes out that way. Yeah, actually. But it's sometimes, well, or they'll mention something and I'm just like, they really, they have no idea. <laughs> I just, is they'll mention something about someone who I used to work with or someone who I knew or I'd met at a neighbor's, you know, whatever, you know, and I'll be like, that's really kind of ironic because I could drop like, just a random story, <laughs> a random story that nobody asked for or cares about, you know, those types of things. So I'm just right. like, right. Well, that would be interesting too, yeah, to be in a conversation that people are having about them talking about the characters of 90210 and you're standing there. Right. Yeah, like which is not out of, so. which is not out of the realm of possibility. Not sure. whatsoever. Yeah, yeah you know, of but, course. So, so enjoy it. Enjoy it when you lay it on them. <laughs> Charles, was there ever in this soapy 90210 world someone saying maybe we should bring back scott a way to bring scott back i don't think so right that didn't happen no. not to, not that i recall politicians say when they don't want to answer the question <laughs> right. it would have been really hard to do uh, Emily Definitely. says, um, well, they did do it with Jack McKay later on, but Emily yeah. says, uh, thank you for your service. Of course. I love my time. Like, we all thank, thank you very much. Uh, Aaron, do you have any other questions you would like to ask Doug? I was wondering if you were aware of the Sue Scanlon storyline at the time, like if people were like, Hey, you have a sister now. <laughs> oh, cause they had an incest storyline, which we've wanted to cover for a while here, uh, in the next was the next season, I think. Right. Yeah, it was season three. Mm-hmm. Karen wrote that one, Presumption of Innocence. Oh, yeah. No, Are you aware so, of that, Doug? No? I, I am aware of it. Um, I think I wasn't actively, I think I was in college, actually. So I was a little more pre- been, yeah. preoccupied my time uh, with studies and stuff like that. So I think there were pockets of time that I would watch, you know, six or 10 shows or catch four out of seven, that type of thing. And then large pockets of time when, 
I was too busy doing other stuff or on travel or something similar. So, but yeah, yeah, definite interesting storylines for sure. <laughs> it was good that you guys uh, kept the character alive in a way, right? By bringing back his family. Um, somebody else noted, Karen, I wanted to, I don't have who it was, but they, they one of the things they loved about what was written in the episode was how Jenny O'Hara uh, or, or Scott's mom um, reacted to the death of her son and how she was struggling to sort of let that go through David and, uh, you know, all that stuff that we kind of talked about before uh, writing some of that. I want to ask for that person that asked writing some of that stuff. Do you, do you remember doing some of that and what was your thoughts on it? Yeah. And it was not something I had experienced, you know, um, or knew of anyone who had lost their child in that way. So that was, it was just, um, you know, he had to juxtapose, you know, what would be equivalent, a rough equivalent of that, you know, of, somebody grieving like that and what you know they might do um it was hard that was a hard uh, part of it actually that was tough um but uh yeah because you know sometimes you don't have the experience of each of these things in your own life and you have to just kind of uh, use your imagination <laughs> but um you know just again, well, what's, so, what's so powerful about the scene looking at it again is that is that David, because he's a young boy, is actually finally just erupts and is, you know, and 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 then basically says he was a jerk. He killed himself. He did that. What do you want me to say? You know, to the mother. I mean, you know, they're out of the frustration. And so, you know, her then reacting so emotionally at that moment makes perfect sense. And it's just he's guilty about saying it. So that it 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 um it was powerful stuff. But it but also not your lack of experience that you Slide out here certainly didn't inhibit you from catching some of these real emotional moments of the of that kind of scene. Yeah. Um, why don't we talk about Jenny O'Hara real quick? I mean, I thought she brought so much to this. To this I know we reunited you two on the, uh, the yeah. super show, but uh, what was it like for you, Doug, Douglas, working with her? And, I, and I'm curious for Karen and Charles when you saw her performance out of the stuff that you wrote, what you thought, but let's start with Douglas. What did you think of working with Jenny? No, I, I mean, it was nice. And to be totally honest, our it's been so long and our scenes were so short that, um, that I don't have a ton of recollection of interaction with her um, other than that. Oh, okay. Boy, you're my mom here. Let me give you a hug. You know, type of, <laughs> Hey mom, you know how I greeted her on you guys's last show. She was really a veteran but, actress, very talented. And I, as I said, I was on the set watching the, the episode being shot. I get probably with every day. And, and she would like, if, like remember, I remember distinctly the first scene where she goes to David. It's the big birthday, you know that scene where she's trying to enlist him yeah. and everything. And they did either that one all along. There would be like one button line or one something, and she would give it like three different ways or four different ways, you know. So they would just do one quick take of her do it delivering this way and maybe this way and maybe this way. She'd just give them all the flavors and then they could season it as they wished and post. You know, that was that was her that was a gift that she had, you know, uh just to be able to do that. She just she was a a really just a good model to follow of how to how to be on stage and totally professional, you know, just right there. 
with the, with the skills, with the chops, as I say. Love, I love her. Um, and for you, Douglas, um, I sent you a bunch of clips. You watched some of the stuff. Yeah. What was Thank that? you again for those, by the way. Of course, no problem, Todd. That's all, Todd. Thank you, Todd, for those clips. Um, what was what was it like looking back? Uh, I don't know if you get to look back on the the work uh, that often, but um, I'm curious what you thought about watching, reliving some of that. It was, I, I mean, it was fun. Like, like I said, thank you, because that was, I, I had a blast actually, just watching through a whole bunch of them and rewatching a couple of them, and but in getting to see the like I said earlier about the just the genuine friendship type take between Brian and I and the banter and the playfulness back and forth of just like two good buds in high school, just as kids are, um, was it's just enjoyable for me to watch and reflect on. But two was catching a scene here and being like, I remember when we filmed that and it was so cold getting thrown into the pool and getting dried off and then getting changed and then filming it again and getting thrown in the pool and having discussions with Aaron spelling at random, you know, occasions. So it brought back like several memories that I was just like, wow, that's funny. I, I hadn't thought of that in a really long time. So, or interactions with other castmates was just, or set, you know, fun. So, yeah. Um, to Charles, you know, I'm all about gratitude these days and, you know, Charles and Karen, you wrote something just so beautiful that really, yeah. really made a difference in in a lot of people's lives, as as I've heard and feel. And you know, Doug, I'm gonna say Scott, but, but Doug, uh, that's okay. I had to answer to either. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really feel, man, the work that you did on the series, um, it was really incredible, man. I think the reason why we all feel the way about the writing, in in, in is it is beautiful writing but it's what you brought to that character as we got to know scott you know it is what people were talking about uh before you know that you never shifted you were always sort of like true to yourself and i think that came through so when we lost that character it just spoke so much and it did so much for the show it, you know it 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 mm -hmm. actually you know, like Chuck's talking about it being the second highest rated show of that season or whatever. Like, so it did so much for the, the growth of, of the show and building it along um, and definitely got us all watching as a fan. So uh, I just want to thank you for your time here, man, for your service as oh, we really? talked about and the work that you did all those years ago, man. It's just, oh. it was really, really incredible. Thank stuff. you all for having me. It's an awesome <laughs> opportunity. And and thank you all. I, I appreciate the time. It's so fun great for me Thank you so nice much. Thank you. It really is. Staying up. Nice and and anytime you want to DM me about that Tory crush, I'll be down to, <laughs> <laughs> to share. Yeah. All right. Okay. We'll see you on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This has been great. Uh, next week, we're covering the girl from New York with the girl from New York. Um, so uh, Jill Fleming and whatnot. So that should be a lot of fun. We have a lot of cool things uh, coming up. We're doing an episode with Garrett Slan in a couple of weeks. That should be pretty fun. And then we've got Elise Donovan, uh, who is Ginger in the later season. She's going to be joining us uh, in the next few weeks as well. And, you know, stay tuned to our uh, pop-up thing. We'll keep you guys posted on on that, on those details as well. All right, guys, this has been a good one. Uh, we will, good seeing you, Aaron, as well. And uh, see you guys next week. All right, have a good one. See you later.